Hello, I'm Lauren Weymouth, and I lead the Uber program at Ripple. We're into our fourth academic year of this amazing industry-university collaboration that is driving really interesting research and development in the blockchain space. Today, we're discussing food waste. It's something that I think about in my own daily life. I forget about perishable food until it's too late. And even though I generally eat everything on my plate, I purchase too much food, I cook big meals and throw some of it away. And we can all be conscious of this and take steps to lower food waste, like eating leftovers that you bring home from restaurants or using leftovers from cooking, making better shopping lists and planning your family meals, freezing stuff before it expires. But still, the American household wastes three and a half to five dollars per day. And UNIF Food Waste Index 2021 estimates that eight to 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions are associated with food that is not consumed. So there are great financial and environmental impacts here. So we're gonna look at research and development of San Francisco State University students. They're interested in a safer way to reduce food waste, promoting volunteering and food donations in a brilliant trifecta of using blockchain technology. And it's also not often that I get to interview a guest in my own backyard. Today, I get the distinct pleasure of introducing Lee Jin, Professor of Information Systems and Director of Technology and Business Education Initiative at San Francisco State University. She teaches classes like IT project management, and she's a member or chair of way too many committees, both inside the university and professionally to mention. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome, Lee. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate the opportunity to showcase my students' work here. They worked really hard on the project. We have Jamie Lee from our nutrition department, Alec Malakitz from finance department, Calvin Kim from decision science department. We have Shitel Kabuji from our MBA program. And Manuela Romeo, she is a wonderful student of information systems and she also published our, our website and newsletters, and she designed our logo for the food chain project, Curtain Jihar, from the Embedded Electrical and Computer System, Yang Yifan Wang. She is doing her master's thesis in blockchain, partly with this project. That's such a deep team of really talented, smart individuals. I checked through their newsletters that you sent me, and looked at all their profiles, and I wanted to meet all of them. In fact, I wanted to hire all of them. They just sound like such amazing individuals. Let's start with you. How long have you been a professor at SFSU? I joined SFSU since 2201. I still remember just a couple of weeks I arrived at San Francisco. That was when 9-11 hit. So I have been in San Francisco State for a long time. This is actually my 20th year here. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So in 20 years, being close to Silicon Valley, you've seen a lot of different technologies come through your programs. What's unique and different about blockchain? The blockchain was uh, pretty amazing. We are part of the SAP University Alliances program. Actually, we got first introduced to blockchain through one of the summer faculty workshops that are organized by SAP. The professor, Nathan Kelly, he is a professor at the University of Southern California, and he actually put a great blockchain curriculum together, taught us how blockchain as a decentralized technology can really change so many different things around us. 
including how companies, especially from SAP perspective, enterprises can work together through supply chain, network, and also things can be done so differently. Our financial system, our political system, our community, and of course, business right in general could be totally changed by this technology. So I was amazed. I have to say that the most inspiring moment when I decided to do something around the blockchain is because of Sugar Engagement. You mentioned Sugar Network. Can you let the listeners know what Sugar Network is? Yeah. So Sugar Network is a consortium of the universities and a consortium of uh, real companies. A typical sugar project constitute three parts. There has to be a company or organization, and they are going to provide a challenge for the students. And it has to be two university partners. And an interesting requirement is these two universities has to come from two different countries. Those companies are multinational companies like BMW, SAP, and insurance companies in Europe. I was very attracted to this idea because I really believe in experiential learning as technology moves so fast around us and we're still teaching students through textbooks and students are sitting in the classroom to hear the professor lecturing to them. I feel like today's era, when companies are pushing out platforms and softwares every every two weeks, right, through agile development, technology constantly changing. I really believe in that students should walk out of the classroom and go to talk to real people and work with the real project and working with companies. So you got to work within the Sugar Network Foundation yeah. and using their criteria, having a lot of support with other universities and also industry. What was the problem that you set out to solve? Introduce your blockchain-related projects. Initially, was inspired by my friend, Gretchen George, she is a faculty in the nutrition department. She told me about her work with our food pantry on the SFSU campus. Because San Francisco is such an expensive city to live in, a lot of our students are food insecure. I was like, what, what, what food insecure mean? She said, well, you know, the students are paying so much for their rent and they don't have money for food. So I did some research and find out that actually 43% in one of the surveys, 43% of our CSU students are food insecure, which means they don't know where is their next meal is. Um, that that just, seems extremely high. It's extremely high. It just broke my heart. When I visited our food pantry, they distribute free food for students. When I doing my research, I went there, right? I said, oh, I don't even know. You know, I, that surprised me. I have been to San Francisco State for 20 years. I didn't know about our food pantry until I talked to Gretchen. So I was there and I, I was shocked. I met two of my own students that standing in the line, receiving food from the food pantry, actually visiting the food pantry on campus is the moment that we decided to use the blockchain to solve this problem. And you mentioned that one of the great things about this program is that it's not just theoretical students sitting in a classroom, that they get out and they do field research. They're trying to tackle real-world problems and address issues 
by reaching out to the local community. So who did your students reach out to? Where did they go on field trips? Yeah, the first trip is actually Marine Food Bank event because they have been supporting the universities around the area. It was their one million pound food donation celebration event. So we went there first and our students get very inspired by talking to the journalists and the food bank leadership and our university leadership. And of course, a lot of students who benefits from the program. And then our students are trying to understand the whole supply chain of the charity network around food. There's a lot of food donation happening farmers market vendors after they finish their sales of the day, they have a leftovers. Then there's a volunteering network called Food Runners. They actually start by all the farmers market and collect the leftovers and donate to appropriate places. So our students went to visit farmers market and really understand what their experience of donating food. And again, that's a that's a great lesson for our students because all the farmers are telling us, you know, growing food is such a hard work. One of the farmer was telling us that his 94 years old dad is still picking strawberries in the field at that age. And our students was like, oh that my probably God. keeps them healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we go to supermarket to buy food and we really never had that uh, deep connection with food and really understand, you know, um, how the food is grow. And then we went to the Redwood Empire Food Bank from Santa Rosa. What is unique about that food bank is they hired a very high profile chef actually cooking food on site. They prepare 500 meals per day and they wow. distribute the food to the seniors who cannot move around easily and they don't have a car. We went there and we talked to the chef. We check out their warehouse and that was amazing. Okay, so your students got a chance to interview the farmers, the farmers markets, restaurants, even tech companies who administer food, who administer yeah. food programs, as well as then the food banks and churches that are distributing the food soup kitchens, and then even interview the recipients of who's benefiting yeah. from the food donations. What were the challenges that they found? We discovered they're really low tech. Everything is written on a piece of paper, and it's going to be very difficult for them to implement technology itself for a couple of reasons. They don't have the platform, and they need a staff that is trained by technology. They, they're volunteer-based. They don't really have the money or foundation to really put the technology to, to, together. So that inspires us. We visited um, SAP and Adobe and we uh, we find that um, they actually have a lot of food to donate. You're um, saying that you yeah. found that they didn't have the technology or the money to provide technology, but what, what yeah. for? What is the problem that the food runners or oh. the volunteers or the food banks, soup kitchens are having that they need technology for? So what are the challenges? The challenges is, I think, twofold. The number one is the volunteering, right? When we visited Glide Memorial Church, this is one iconic uh, church in San Francisco. They were telling us that uh, during the November and December, they said people have really big heart and they have 
volunteers lined up circling around the block because every companies in San Francisco, like as high profile companies, Facebook, Salesforce, you name it, right? They all send their employees to volunteer at the church and food bank and all these areas because that is the time to do it. But in January, all the volunteers disappear. And sometimes they get like six people to prepare a thousand meals for the day to distribute. And they really need the volunteers during that time. When they need the volunteers, they really had a hard time to communicate that. That is definitely unreliable uh, source of a volunteers. And when they really need volunteers, they could find them. And then they have this period that they couldn't manage all the volunteers because there are too many of them. Okay, so lack of volunteers or inconsistent volunteers is one of the major challenges. What ideas did your students come up with to solve this? Our students started brainstorming. There's definitely a a lot of needs for people to volunteer. And this is a very good experience for, uh, you know, name it, high school students, college students, people that on the job market, right? That inspires our students to say, hey, why don't we use the blockchain to solve this? Because right now, when you volunteer, there's no proof that you really volunteered there, right? And you really volunteered for this many hours. They were thinking about implementing a very simple application for places like Glide Memorial Church that for the volunteer to check in and check out when they volunteer. That information get a blockchain. Then when they put it on the resume, it said, hey, I, I volunteered for this many hours at this particular charity locations. They got a proof of that. So, so that it's a, was like a volunteer app that will log yeah. real-time hours? Yeah, real-time hours. When we went back to SAP to talk to them, the designer said, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. So we did a lot of design thinking exercises. After a lot of brainstorming, our students decided to create a mobile app that actually allows them to basically track the location, the timeline of their volunteering activities and blockchain them so that they can be showcased and they can link those hours to their LinkedIn profile, put on their resume, even High school students can put on their college um, application. And then we went to Glide Memorial Church. We actually have the opportunity to talk to a volunteer, but he's also homeless. We were asked as a homeless, what, what do you need from those charity organizations besides food? He wants to have a muni ticket or culturing ticket so that he can move around a little bit. And he wants Tylenol or a bandage from CVS or Walgreens so that when he gets sick or he cut himself somewhere, he has some kind of health care. And also in the winter, it's pretty cold in San Francisco. So he needs some additional jar- jackets and stuff like that. So that is a, a very inspiring discovery. So we went back and we say, how, okay, how can we improve our app to make this a little bit better. The students come up with this, uh, hey, how about if we can uh, turn these volunteer hours into some kind of token so that they can use this token to exchange. Of course, we're going to have, you know, McDonald's or these uh, vendors on board, but then 
they can use this token to exchange for things that they need. For example, they can exchange for a McDonald's meal, or they can go to the dollar stores to get some of the stuff that they need and they cannot afford. So it went beyond the blockchain volunteering hours, but really turned those hours into some kind of token so that they can exchange for uh, services or uh, products they need. That sounds like a perfect solution to that problem. I know that there are other challenges that they came across, like food that was being transported with the food runners. Sometimes if it was in the car or the van above temperature would go bad on route. What did they come up with to solve that? Yes, this problem is actually inspired by our visit to Adobe. And we find that the high-tech companies, they have a lot of food to donate, but they are very hesitating to donate it because they they worried about the damage. It's really the high-tech companies' reputations on the line. For example, Adobe, Google, SAP, or Apple, right, for that matter. They are also in the position to provide the technology. They probably have money and resources to support the device like this. So after we done the research, our students suggested why don't we have temperature blockchain, the temperature and all the conditions that are surrounding the food so that we can guarantee that when the food arrives to the food bank, uh, you know, all the temperatures and all the requirements for food safety is actually met, then the high-tech companies can prove that we donated a very safe food. So the blockchain tracks the temperature variation across the distribution chain? It does this with IoT sensors on the food? Yes, it has to be an IoT sensor. It's actually a plenty of sensors that can do that. We just need to pack the sensor. We were talking about the container so that the sensor was built in. And the sensor will send the, all the environmental information, including the temperature and all the related information to blockchain. But when the temperature go higher than what expected, it were blockchain that variation. You don't have to waste energy to always blockchain everything. We talked to the engineer students and they said that's totally possible. We can blockchain basically to prove that transportation period or process, the food is perfectly safe. So the high-tech companies can be assured that they donate the nutritious food at the totally safe environment. So within a year, about a dozen or so students that are mixed between undergraduate and graduate students created Food Chain, which is a food safety monitoring app and a volunteering app that are using blockchain to help with volunteering and reducing food waste so that people that need food can get it. And what are the next steps? I'm teaching iOS app development. One of the next steps, right now the blockchain is primarily a backend um, technology. A lot of people, I think, don't understand or have a hard time to utilize blockchain. I was hoping to be able to connect to a platform and encourage students to build an app around blockchain and to make it easier for people to use on their phone so they can carry the blockchain around all the time. That is interest. One of the things I am thinking about. They prototyped the food safety monitoring app and the volunteer app, and Uh they presented it at different conferences and it it works and it's well-received. Is this something that you could see an NGO 
further developing yeah. because it, it would streamline the system? Yeah, I think so. We should connect to nonprofit organizations. These solutions are really valuable. I'm very confident it could be developed into a, a very practical solutions that can solve real problems. Yeah. We can and, and in your perfect world, who in the Food Charity Network would you want to hear this podcast such that they reach out to you and say, let's go? I hope that some blockchain developers can be inspired by this podcast and connect to us. And of course, we definitely need some additional funding from nonprofit organizations that help us continue the development side of this project as well. Well, we wish you the best of luck. It's an exciting project and our students work really hard of it. I'm so proud of them. They definitely sound like graduates that any of us in the tech sector would want to hire with their creativity and fortitude. I mean, considerable amounts of food are produced but not eaten by humans. And this has substantial negative impacts environmentally, socially, and economically. Lee, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for bringing these students through this entire project and having them really think out some viable solutions to tackle the challenges. Thank you listeners for being with us today on All About Blockchain. If you have any ideas for future episodes, please email me at ubri at ripple.com. Until next time.